Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice. Fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is September 25th. Yes, this is week four of the 2018 NFL season. My name is Michael Nazarek, and I am host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast, Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge uh, Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found on the web at ffmastermind.com. And with me, once again, my very experienced uh, fantasy football player, very knowledgeable fantasy football writer, and very good friend, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Just wonderful. Just wonderful. It's amazing. We are about a quarter to a third of the way through the fantasy football regular season already. It's just mind-boggling. It seems like we just had our drafts and we just had our preseason. Yeah, a lot has changed over the last three weeks, and uh, we also want to uh, welcome everybody back uh, from iTunes. We had a little issue. We uh, got kind of booted off iTunes for a while, and uh, that was resolved at the end of last year, and uh, listenership apparently has gone up 20-fold since we've come back, and we appreciate everybody listening to the show, and we hope that we've been able to help you out here, especially over the last week or so, and uh, you know we're going to keep doing this every Tuesday through week 16 of the season, and you know, hopefully you'll be listening in every week. And anyway, let's get right to the news and notes of the of the week. Uh, the big news, of course, is the big injury to Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. Uh, unfortunately, on a run near the sidelines, uh, misplanted his foot, tore his ACL. He's out. C.J. Beathard now is going to be uh, replacing him in the lineup. Uh, Beathard started five games for the team last year. Uh, didn't do much in those games, uh, but he did manage to run for three scores. Uh, Chris the first thing that, that pops in your head, Marquise Goodwin, uh, Pierre Garçon, George Kittle, um, you know, what do you think Beathard is going to do? Is he worth a pickup? And what is this, how does this affect everyone else on a team? Well, as far as being worth a pickup, I, I'd be hard-pressed to say yes at this point. I mean, he just doesn't offer a lot of upside. If you're going to take a risk on a new starter, I think you might want to look at a Baker Mayfield, a Josh Rosen, a Josh Allen before you – any of the rookies before you look at a guy like Beathard, who has, I think, limited upside. Um, but as far as the rest of the team, boy, it's it, it's really hard to get excited about about losing Garoppolo for this team. Clearly, the biggest impact is going to be a Marquise Goodwin when he's back in because they were have, forming a real uh, uh, Jordy Nelson, Aaron Rodgers type bromance on the field. Um, I, I don't know what to make of the rest of the receivers. I'll talk a little bit more about uh, Garcon and, and I think Kittle later in this uh, podcast, but even the running backs, you wonder if they're just going to, you know, stack the box and dare C.J. Beathard to beat them in the air, and it's going to really reduce the uh, the early season efficacy of, of Matt Breida and uh, of Alfred Morris in the red zone. I, I mean, this is this is a real death knell for almost every 49er on your fantasy roster, in my opinion, and, and hopefully I'm wrong. I mean, hopefully the kid pulls it, pulls it out and does something, but it doesn't look positive right now if I had to guess today. 
Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you there. I mean, Matt, Matt Breida was leading the league in rushing, and, of course, he himself uh, hyperextended his knee in the game, came back and finished the game. I was uh, really surprised about that. But, uh, you know, uh, fortunately there's no ligament damage there. But he's questionable to even play this week. Got Alfred Morris there is more of a uh, plotter. Uh, than anything else, and Marquise Goodwin had such good timing with with uh, with Garoppolo, and he came back and, and caught a touchdown, a short pass, uh, basically uncovered uh, last week. But you know he was three for thirty, not a very good game for him. And and uh, Garcon, you know, it, it didn't even really play with C.J. Beathard. He had a neck injury last year. He was he was out. And um, you know we got George Kittle there. So I'm I'm with you in the fact that I think if I own any of these guys, I'm very hesitant to start them unless I have no other choice. You got to hope that maybe Beathard you know throws up a touchdown or two and your guy like Kittle if you own him catches it then you shot the heck out of your guy and sell high on that and get out of town and get out of Dodge because uh you know long term it's it's not good it, amazing this that both uh Garoppolo and Jarek McKinnon the starting running back suffered a torn ACLs and four games into the season it's 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 basically wrecked uh, it's you know such unfortunate circumstance but you know it is what it is and you got to move on to the next thing Anyway, speaking of moving on, uh, you know, Tyrod Taylor, of course, got the big hit, the concussion last Thursday night's game. He was wild with his throws all over the place. We were already calling for Baker Mayfield. Well, they get their wish now. He's going to start this week. And then over in Arizona, even before the game ended, they, they benched uh, Sam Bradford. A very interesting, weird timing on that. Benched Sam Bradford with like five minutes left to go in the game. Put in Rosen. Uh, and Rosen uh, Bradford hadn't had that bad of a game at all. And they ended up, uh, you know, falling behind. And then he ended up, uh, you know, uh, driving him a little bit there and throwing a, a game uh, costing pick there at the end and, and Arizona lost another game but um, let's go with Baker Mayfield first uh, he looked really good to me what are your thoughts on Baker Mayfield for fantasy owners you think a pickup here and is it worth an instant start or wait a week or two and well, how does this also affect the wide receivers and, and David Njoko is he worth anything now what do you think let me answer the second part of that first. I think from a fantasy perspective for the rest of the team, it doesn't really change much of anything, in my opinion. Baker Mayfield has shown himself to be a positive uh, influence on the offense, clearly. Um, the only question I would have is that does this increase the value of a Rashard Higgins? Um, generally, when backup quarterbacks come in, their number three receiver gets a little uptick because he was working as the number one guy on the second unit, and they might have some chemistry. So Higgins was that guy in the preseason, so I wonder – if maybe he might get a little more play in PPR leagues than, than we might otherwise expect. But for the most part, I think across the board, you know, no change in plan. The, now, as far as making him a pickup, I think, yes, he is worth a pickup. And it really depends on what you thought of Tyrod Taylor going in. Because uh, Tyrod Taylor, I, I mean, as we talked about earlier in the summer, I thought was an underappreciated fantasy, uh, you know, low-end number two or mid-range number two. Mayfield can do that as well. He's not going to run as much as Taylor, but he'll be a much more effective passer, and I think those two kind of balance each other out. So if you were high enough on Taylor to put him on your roster, I think replacing him with Mayfield is perfectly valid. Okay. Uh, I, I, I feel a little bit different from you. I think that there was enough in the, in accurate throws from Taylor that I think that Mayfield has already pro- proven it, getting the the window the, the, the football into tight windows there. I think that he's actually going to improve Landry and uh, Njoku's uh, fantasy value a bit moving forward. What's going to be interesting to see what happens with Duke Johnson there. They've they got to get him going, but he only had four touches in the game on Thursday night, and it, it was the Carlos Hyde show there. But I think uh, that, that this move will bode well down the road, certainly, and I 
I think that the Browns are going to end up winning more games with Baker Mayfield than they would have with Taylor under center there. Um, Taylor is a good quarterback, but he goes through those stretches, especially last Thursday night, where he's absolutely horrendous on his throws, just making all kinds of wild plays and, and, and stuff. And, uh, you know, I think it's it's good for, for, uh, for, for the Browns to get their first win and, you know, it seems like forever. Uh, and I think there's going to be more uh, coming this year. And so the team should be, you know, the, this team and the city should be happy about that and hopefully um, a little bit more fantasy value to their, their key skill position players there. In, in Arizona with Josh Rosen, um, Christian Kirk, the rookie, led the team with the targets, eight targets, seven catches last week. But Larry Fitzgerald was playing hurt. He only had two catches, was lowest output in, I don't know, like a decade or so. Um, what do you think uh, about Josh Rosen? Do you think he's going to come in and, and uh, look to uh, poise and, and play his poise as well as uh, Baker Mayfield? Or do you think it's more of a, a project there, or is it going to be up and down? What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I, I think you're right. It's more of a project, more up and down. Um, he's not as polished as Mayfield. I think that was generally accepted. And he he's also just doesn't have nearly as much to work with as, as Cleveland. I, I mean, imagine saying this two years ago, the Cleveland Browns have better offensive personnel than anybody. <laughs> but they, they do right now as compared to the, to the uh, Cardinals. I think Christian Kirk being the leading receiver, like you said, was probably as much to do with, with Larry Fitzgerald being uh, a little bit out of sorts with his injury. Uh, although, you know, Again, he's the guy that he was working with and bonding with in the preseason quite a bit. So that that he'll have an uptick. I'm not sure he'll replace Fitzgerald as the number one there. But nonetheless, Rosen is going to be far more erratic. And of the two, clearly Mayfield is a far better fantasy option as well as probably a better NFL quarterback right now and for the remainder of this year. Mm-hmm. I, it's going to be interesting to see how he works with uh, with Larry Fitzgerald because you know he's he's going he's going to want to uh, you know a play. I think he was really hurting with that hamstring last week, but he's going to want more targets and, and it's going to be interesting to see if he can hook up with him. But like you say, beyond Fitzgerald and, and David Johnson, the, the the talent there level in Arizona is uh, is void uh, comparatively to Cleveland overall as a team. Uh, the Browns, uh, John Dorsey, the GM, did a really good job of getting rid of all the the people that were players that were worthless. Corey Coleman's not even in the league anymore. It's, it's it's kind of shocking to see the players that they drafted just one or two years ago. Uh, just it, they didn't know what they were doing the previous uh, uh, management there. But anyway, uh, let's let's move on over to uh, an interesting note about Levian Bell. Uh, he's jet skiing in Florida, taking it easy. We don't know when he's going to come back. If he's going to come back, I think by week ten or whatever. But you know, he's worried more worried about his health, obviously less worried about the team. Now, James Conner's done a pretty darn good job of uh, you know, replacing him the first game, blew up, and he's been solid, uh, you know, not fantastic the last two games here. And all of a sudden, word comes out right before the games began on Sunday that the Steelers are listening to trade offers or, or talks, you know, uh, with uh, with certain teams around the NFL about Le'Veon Bell. Uh, and one of them that came forward, or the, the leads, was the New York Jets. And they've got uh, Isaiah Crowell and uh, and Bilal Powell there, and solid running backs, but not a really uh, you know all all pro stud uh, guy like Le'Veon Bell. So the question here is, do you think that the Jets can swing a really a, a deal for this? And the bottom line here is that under these rules, he's got to sign that contract. They can't work out a long term deal to the end of the year. So why would why would uh, Bell uh, accept this deal and and come in and sign a deal? Sign as franchise tender, only be traded and play for the Jets when the when obviously the Steelers are a better team and have a much more chance at at getting to the Super Bowl. And the Jets are more of a project now. New York may be willing to give them a long term deal and all, but they can't 
they can't they can't sign that on on the dotted line. So do you think this is just all talk and smoke and mirrors, and the Jets are just doing this for publicity's sake, or or do you think that they're really serious in in, in trying to uh, acquire Bell? Well, the bigger problem is that they don't have a lot of draft capital to offer. You've got to offer the Steelers at least a third-round draft choice because that's what they're going to get in a compensatory pick after this year yeah. if Le'Veon Bell leaves. And they just don't have a lot. Remember, they made that big trade with the Colts to give up their, their second-round picks, and, and they traded away a fifth-round pick as well. So they just don't have a lot of draft capital. It actually makes decent sense for Bell to be interested because he could go there and not have to put out a lot of effort for the last six games or whatever he plays so he doesn't have to worry about getting hurt and he can worry about that next contract. But it's a rental, and I can't see the Jets, with being short of draft capital, being willing to do that. Another team that's come up a lot is, is the Colts here in Indianapolis, and they actually have the draft capital and a much greater need for a running back and the cap room you know, and potentially the interest in signing him long term. But you know, that big bugaboo is do you take that chance and give up that draft capital you work to obtain for what could be a six-game or ten-game rental? And I don't think Chris Ballard's willing to do that as the GM, but actually I think the Colts are, are a more likely team than the Jets are if a trade were to happen. Yeah, well, we don't know if it's the Colts or somebody else. Only well, said the teams, certain teams were, you know, we know that the Jets is one or or one of them. But you know, before Garoppolo went down, I and when it looked like Matt Breider had a, a serious knee injury, I was thinking maybe the 49ers might be in a situation to make a play for Bell. But all that changed in a blink of an eye during the during the game there. But anyway, let's get right to the short list of injuries here uh, since we're you know fairly early in the week. But these are guys you want to keep an eye on uh, for this week. Of course, Marcus Mariota down in Tennessee with the elbow. He to come in the game because Blaine Gabbert suffered looked like a concussion. He's still day-to-day. He, there's still play, uh, throws he can't make. That's not good. Uh, not sure if he's going to be forced into playing again this week. Leonard Fournette, a big uh, thing in the hamstring day-to-day there. We'll see if he practices later this week. Dalvin Cook uh, did not practice on Monday. Uh, got in a limited session today, but it was really just a walkthrough. Uh, tomorrow's the big day to see if Dalvin's going to actually be able to play on Thursday night against the Rams. Uh, very, very iffy there. I, I, I probably would guess that he He's not, but we will see. Uh, it's just going to depend on if he can show that he's almost 100% in practice tomorrow. Uh, Joe Mixon, uh, of course, coming off that knee surgery, uh, status is uncertain for this week. They they haven't ruled him out yet. We'll see, uh, you know, but I wouldn't be surprised if he is going to sit in at least another week there, and it'll be Ger- uh, Giovanni Bernard. J.J. with a back injury, they uh, let him sit for a whole week, didn't play last week in Philly, and they expect him to practice this week. Hopefully, fingers crossed, people, if he makes it through the whole week with full practice load, then he'll play this week. Same thing with Darren Sproles with the hamstring. He's expected to practice. Maybe they might have those two top two guys back with Corey Clement. And everybody that owns a J.A., you should be an all-over Wendell Smallwood. He had a good game last week. And uh, definitely uh, stash and wait and play the waiting game to see if, if he – because if uh, Jay and Sproles sit again this week, a Smallwood's definitely worth consideration for uh, as a flex play in your league. Uh, Matt Breider already mentioned that, hyperextended knee. They already listed him as questionable for this week. We'll see later in practice. Devonta Freeman with a knee and in Atlanta. We'll see there. Uh, no good word has, found, has come to, uh, out in public yet. So we're very early in the week. LaShawn McCoy with a rib cartilage injuries day-to-day. Rex Burkhead with the neck. Uh, you know, he was in and out of the game last Sunday night. Uh, if he sits this week, that's good news for Sonny Michelle there. Uh, by the way, people, st- uh, stick with Sonny Michelle there. Don't don't give up on him yet. Uh, the, the Patriots didn't uh, trade up into the first round to grab him 
you know, without a re- good reason. He's a good kid. He's got to work on his pass catching technique, though. I saw that like hands of stone on Sunday night. But uh, you know, he he'll he'll have uh, some good games there, and uh, you know, he might have a breakout game this week against the Dolphins. There, we'll see. Anyway, uh, Marlon Mack with a foot and hamstring uh, in Indianapolis. Uh, any any inside news there, uh, Chris, on Mack? No, nothing really. And my gut feeling is that they're going to be really cautious with him, and since they. They really don't expect to get much of the running game in any condition, so they're gonna they're gonna wait till he's 100. percent So my guess is no, but nothing's been said yet this week. Okay, AJ Green with the groin in Cincinnati. He says he's play, but the Marvin loses not saying anything. We'll see if he practices, and that'll determine whether he plays or not. Doug Baldwin with the knee uh, status is uncertain. Uh, they hope and possibly get him into practice later this week, and we'll see. Alshon Jeffrey with the shoulder still not cleared for contact. That means he probably won't play this week, and we'll see another week. And Josh Gordon, the, uh, the Patriots really missed him on Sunday night in Detroit. Hamstring injury status is uncertain. We'll see if he practices later this week. A couple of tight ends here. Evan Ingram with the knee. He's week to week. Uh, sprained MCL. He could miss up to four to six weeks of action. That's not good there. That's actually good news for Sterling Shepard, though. It opens the field for him, especially over the middle. Uh, Jack Doyle with a hip, week to week. Anything new on uh, on Doyle there and uh, Andy, uh, Chris? The Colts' version of week to week has usually been about a two to four week injury, so I would assume no. He has not practiced yet this week. Okay, that's right. That would be two weeks out already, and we'll see the following week after that. And one kicker note, Greg Zerline with the groin. He sat on Tuesday. He's not expected to kick. It's going to be Sam Ficken again uh, this Thursday night against the Vikings. And uh, we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim... Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP, they cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, real quick, I want to remind everyone, of course, ffmastermind.com slash quickbits.php. Uh, daily news uh, that's non-injury related, uh, updated on a daily basis, multiple times a day. We're also releasing free uh, Eye in the Sky in-season scouting reports from our scouts, including Chris Rito covers the Colts for us. Weekly fantasy newsletters include daily premium injury quick bits, expanded picks to click, the market feature. I ranked about 70 uh, free agents and uh, went over uh, about 25 different specific uh, situations around the NFL quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end today. Uh, and uh, to get everyone set for week four, who you should be picking up, who you should be dropping, who you should be holding, who you should be trading for, who you should be trading away and such. Uh, of course, our NFL game matchup analysis from Don, Don Cooney is unrivaled. Uh, we release our rankings on Wednesday, update them on Saturday with late uh, week fantasy uh, reaches as well as updated picks to click and flick. Uh, our newsletter is $35.95. We've extended the uh, $6 premium discount code EDGE6. It's E-D-G-E-6. And uh, so you can try us out for $29.95. People are waiting for our, our discount during uh, proration. That's probably not going to happen for another week. Uh, we're not quite sure what we're going to set it at. But anyway, you can try us out for that discount right now. Uh, don't wait on that. 
please follow me on Twitter at FFMastermind. All right, picks to click and flick for week four. These are guys you want to consider seriously getting in your lineup for good reasons that we're going to discuss, and then also possible guys that you might want to end up benching for good reasons too. Uh, give me a couple quarterbacks you like this week and why, Chris. I like Ryan Tannehill. He's been hot. Uh, he's going to New England this week. He's got a surprisingly good history there. He's gone over 300 yards, often well over, versus New England in five of his last six games in this matchup, including the last three in Foxborough. Going to get a pissed-off Patriots with no defense. is a chance for some top-notch garbage stats here. And then I like Eli Manning this week. You know, he obviously played well last week, but he's got a home game against his hometown team, the Saints, and he's averaging almost 350 yards a game and three touchdowns his last four games in this series, three of which have been at home. Um, the Saints also allowed the most passing touchdowns and the third most yards, over 340 yards per game. So, I mean, again, another potential for garbage time stats with uh, with the Saints offense putting up points on the Giants, too. Yeah, and they lost quarterback Patrick Robinson, too. So, I mean, the Saints are really rehearsing the secondary. Maybe if they gave Eric Reed a call, I don't know. You know, it's, it's, it is what it is, people. Anyway, a couple of quarterbacks I like this week. Phillip Rivers, Chargers, I think he's going to rebound. He had not a bad game last week, you know, the, against the Rams. There's a couple of deep balls to uh, Mike Williams there. But I think he's going to be good for multiple scores against the 49ers at home, a team that's really hurting. And Tom Brady, uh, golly. You know, people are like, uh, should I trade him? Uh, what do I do with him? He's not doing much. And I'm like, well, this is Tom Brady. I know he's had a couple of bad games back-to-back, but very rarely does he have three bad games in a row. And this game is at home. You know that uh, Bill Belichick's going to be all over that team. I think they're going to rebound. And so you stick him in your lineup and don't worry about it. A couple of guys I'm not crazy about this week, Blake Bortles, Jacksonville, not playing well. And the Jets do have a good secondary. I think that's going to be another low-scoring game between the Jags and the Jets. And the Marcus Marietta, I've already mentioned, I think you've got to sit him until he's healthy and produces, and uh, that means at least a couple of touchdown passes that are more than five yards long. <laughs> so it's just too much of a risk to start. Give me a couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why, Chris. Uh, I don't like Derek Carr this week. The Browns are for real on the defensive side of the ball, and they've allowed the second-fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks and are among the leaders in sacks and interceptions. I think they're going to make it a long day for Carr and the erratic Raiders offense uh, this week. And then uh, uh, caution player is Matt Stafford. Uh, surprisingly, the Cowboys have only allowed three touchdown passes so far and only a little over 200 passing yards per game. If not for Cam Newton running wild on them in week one carrying the ball, they'd be among the best in limiting fantasy points to quarterbacks. And Stafford is not going to be mistaken for Cam Newton in the open field. So it's been a lot, it should be actually a fairly low-scoring game and some close games. So you should temper your aerial expectations for a team that might have found their running game in on Johnson last week. Okay, a couple of running backs you like and why? Well, it's hard not to like Chris Carson. You look at that 32 rushing attempts to Rashad Penny getting only three, you know he's the main man there, and he's facing an Arizona defense that has been brutalized on the ground so far for the second most rushing yards and the most rushing TDs. Carson should have a nice high-volume game here. And then uh, I really like Gio Bernard this week. This game could be a shootout, and the Falcons will have really little chance to slow him down with their piecemeal defense. He's going to be the man in the backfield against a team that has allowed the third most fantasy point to running backs and including far and away the most targets and receptions to running backs. So he's going to be PPR gold this week. Oh, yeah, Alvin Kamara all over the Falcons last week. And uh, the G- Giovanni Bernard is uh, that type of a back there. Not 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 as quick, but he's older. But, yeah, I agree with you there. A couple of guys I like this week. Sonny Michel, I know that he didn't do much in Detroit, but I think he's going to score his first career TD this week at home against the Dolphins. And, of course, Tevin Coleman, like you say, high-scoring game there. I think he's going to run up the yards with a score, and the Bengals are going to go back and forth in that game. Should be very entertaining to watch. A couple of guys I'm not crazy about. Uh, just be careful of Isaiah Crowell. You know, either he seems to score twice, 
twice or doesn't score at all. And I think the Jaguars aren't going to let him score this week, so I'd be very concerned there. And in JJ, uh, I own him in a couple of leagues. I'm, I've got Smallwood on 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 uh, phone uh, hold there. <laughs> but the back injury and the tough Titans Titans run defense, I think that's just fantasy bench unless JJ is 100%. I wouldn't even think about putting him in a lineup. Be really concerned about that. Hopefully, you have a, a better option there. Um, give me a couple of running backs you're not crazy about, and why, Chris? A couple of first-round draft picks. Uh, first is Dalvin Cook. I'm less concerned about the injury than most people. I, I think they held him out last week thinking they would need him against L.A. more than Buffalo. <laughs> Oops. Uh, but my bigger concern is the stout L.A. run defense combined with the very bare-bones secondary L.A. has now with due to injuries. I think Cousins is going to be carrying the load this week, and Cook's and Latavius Murray's volume will be limited. So it's a low-volume day for Cook. And then uh, this is a caution play. No way you sit him, but uh, I'm a little concerned about Saquon Barkley maybe having his first kind of average game as a pro. Uh, The Saints have allowed the third-fewest rushing yards and the third-fewest fantasy points to running backs through three weeks, and far and away the fewest targets and receptions to running backs which has been a staple of Barkley's value so far. I also did see Barkley get dinged in that game last week and limp off the field. They never really mentioned it, and Gallman got a lot more touches and snaps after that. I think he's going to play without any issue at all, and he'll be listed as 100%, but it is something to keep in mind that maybe he's not really as 100% as he looks. Yep, I'd keep an eye on him too. We'll see how he practices this week if uh, if he's listed on the report or not. A couple wide receivers you uh, like and why. Uh, I'm not saying I really like him, but I think it's a really cheap DFS play. Pierre Garçon for this one week might be interesting. Uh, The Chargers are the second most generous to fantasy wide receivers, so there is room to operate here. And they've been beaten more by secondary targets than primary ones. Look what Jordy Nelson did to him last week. So when when Bethard goes into the starting lineup for Frisco, I realized that he actually targeted Garçon over Goodwin 23-13 to in the two starts he made that both of them were in the lineup last year. Garçon got hurt right afterwards, like you mentioned earlier, and then it was Jimmy G locking on to Goodwin. So I think he's a sneaky good DFS play in PPR this week. And then I like Allen Robinson. I mean, you look at the Bucks; they've allowed far and away the most wide receiver receptions and the highest completion percentage to wide receivers. A-Rob should be in line for a nice high-volume day against a very poor pass defense playing on a short week with travel. So I think he gets his first score as a Bear this week. Okay, a couple of guys I like this week, Sterling Shepard. I mentioned him earlier. I think he's going to score against the Saints. It's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, no no uh, Evan Ingram there, but I think, uh, obviously, OBJ is a must-play in this game. But I think both OBJ and uh, and Sterling Shepard could uh, both score and produce a more than 100 yards receiving there. Chris Hogan, one week down, one week up, one week down. Well, it's week four, so I think it's going to be another up week at home. Uh, and I'm I'm riding that Patriots wagon. Yeah, Tom Brady and Sonny Michelle and now Chris Hogan. Get them in your lineup if you need them. Uh, a couple of guys I'm not crazy about this week. Robbie Anderson is just like an afterthought. Uh, they're just not uh, getting enough time for Sam Darnold to really concentrate on getting the deep ball to him. He's got one big long catch in week one and nada after that. Struggling to do much of anything, so uh, you know, sit him until he does something. And Kelvin Benjamin is just not connecting well with that. Josh Allen and Buffalo. Buffalo had the big win last week, and Benjamin had a couple of short catches. That's about it. Not good enough. Sit him this week. Uh, how about a couple wide receivers you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Well, I, I love the guy and the way he plays, but Larry Fitzgerald simply not getting enough looks to merit much excitement right now. He's only got seven targets combined in the last two weeks. Uh, especially with the switch to Josh Rosen this week and a gimpy hammy. I think he's bench consideration, amazingly, even in PPRs. He used to own Seattle, but he's only scored one touchdown versus Seattle since 2011, and he's had a lot of clunker games in there. So I think definitely if you got a better option, you play him this week. And then a guy who scored three straight weeks and has been hot is Tyler Lockett. 
Uh, he's been the best target for Wilson, but this week he'll likely draw the attention of Patrick Peterson in that same game. In addition, the poor Cardinals' run defense, like I mentioned earlier, will likely limit the passing game's volume while the Hawks run it down their throats. In six career games versus Arizona, Tyler Lockett is averaging two catches for 22 yards. He's never scored, and that was with Baldwin seeing all of Patrick Peterson. Cards have also allowed zero passing touchdowns to wide receivers so far. A lot of things point to Tyler Lockett breaking his streak this week. Yeah, wow, that's uh, that's some stunning stats there. How about a couple of tight ends you like and why? Uh, I've been on them all year. I like Eric Ebron to bounce back this week. Decent tight ends have been a factor against Houston each of the last two seasons, especially in the red zone. Indy also has a history in this matchup of featuring the tight end and the lack of other pass-catching options, especially Jack Doyle. Ebron should be a high-volume target again. It's hard to overlook the fact he had 11 targets last week and four red zone targets. I think he gets back in the end zone this week. And then in non-PPR leagues especially, I think Antonio Gates might be an interesting play. Uh, 49ers have allowed a a tight end touchdown in every game this season, and they are among the worst in allowing tight end touchdowns last year also. I'd look for Gates to make the use of his limited looks in the red zone and to score at home where he has been better and more involved so far since returning to the Chargers. Okay, a couple of tight ends I like this week. Kyle Rudolph was not to like there. The Rams do struggle against the uh, tight end, and I think that Rudolph and the Vikings are going to rebound this week. I think he's going to uh, to score in this game. Uh, Austin Hooper, Atlanta. Uh, it's going to be back and forth there, and Hooper's uh, really involved in the red zone there. Caught a two-pointer last week. Uh, I think he's going to score this week too, so uh, if you need him, start him. A couple guys I'm not crazy about. Uh, Jeff Swain has kind of uh, seized the uh, opportunity to be the starter in Dallas, but the Lions do play the tight end very well, so I'd be very careful about uh, dipping your uh, fantasy uh, roster into him <laughs> and getting him on your roster in, on, on your starting lineup this week. I'd kind of avoid that. And I'm kind of going to wait and see what David Njoku I want uh, because I've got him in a, in a high-stakes event, so obviously I want him to do well. But uh, And I think he will do better under Baker, Baker Mayfield, but uh, I'd be careful about the situation this week and uh, maybe wait for him to prove himself before I uh, get him back into my starting lineup. A couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why, Chris? I'll start with Austin, Safarian, Jenkins. Very few teams cover the tight end as well as the Jets have over the last few years, and so far this year they've only allowed five receptions and nine targets to tight ends through three games so far. With the other matchup strengths I think the, the Jags have, I can't see ASJ getting a lot of run this week. And then a guy I'm concerned about is George Kittle. Um, Kittle, like Marcus Keith Goodwin, really dipped in his productivity when Beathard was in the lineup last year. His receptions and yards per game dropped a little bit, and none of his touchdowns came in those six games when Beathard was the quarterback. Uh, With the tremendous success that the Chargers have had in limiting the tight end so far this year, only nine catches and 18 targets for 87 yards, no scores, I'd be very cautious about having too high of an expectation for Kittle this week. Okay. Uh, well, on this uh, National One-Hit Wonder Day, yes, it is National One-Hit Wonder, people. Let's uh, let's hit the uh, National. Let's hit Rito's One-Hit Wonders at kicker and defense. These are guys you might not normally think about to start, but have really good situations that you might might want to reconsider getting your these kickers and or defenses in your lineup. Hit me with them, Chris. I'll start with Kaimi Fairbairn, and I can actually pronounce his name now. So uh, kickers always score well <laughs> in this matchup, and the Colts are allowing the third-most field goal attempts and the fifth-most fantasy kicker points so far this year. So Fairbairn looks like a lock. And then Randy Bullock, he's just outside the top 12 in fantasy scoring but owned in only about 15% of leagues and playing in what should be a shootout in Atlanta, who has allowed two times as many kicker fantasy points at home as on the road over the last two seasons. So that's a good matchup. A couple of defenses that are kind of on the fringe of being rosterable, or they were probably were drafted and then dropped, 
I'll start with the Packers. They're playing Buffalo. I'll take my chances at the Buffalo offense with a rookie quarterback. Will not fare so well in Lambeau, and that last week was an aberration. And then I also like the Seahawks, which have been down. They are going to Arizona. A rookie quarterback making his first start is appealing. It's no legion of boom, but it's enough to make Rosen's life difficult. And it faces a team that is the tops in defensive fantasy points per game allowed. So I like the Hawks. I got a question for you, Chris. Uh, in one league, I myself have Green Bay picked him up uh, last week because of the matchup, and of course now Buffalo you know, surprises everybody. And I've got Baltimore. They're going into Pittsburgh and Big Ben. You play uh, Green Bay over uh, over Baltimore this week? That's that's a tough call. Baltimore has looked terrible on the road, and they were really good their two home games. Because they're on the road again this week, and and Big Ben plays so well at home, I'm I think I might I might play the Packers. It's a tough call though. Yep, that's what we made. We've got to make the big bucks, right, make those calls. Anyway, I want to thank everyone for joining us. Uh, glad to see our, our people from iTunes back with us. For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. We'll see you all next week when we preview week five of the 2018 NFL season. Goodbye, good night, and good luck to everyone playing this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarek the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.